This is a podcast from ABC Overnights. Here's Trevor Chappell. Craig Sisterson is the editor of Dark Deeds Down Under, an anthology of Australian and New Zealand crime writing. Hello, Craig. G'day, Trevor. Great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Craig, how do we define, firstly, what a crime novel is? <laughs> That's a very good question. I think it's evolved over the years, Trevor. Like people often think of crime fiction as detective fiction, so policemen or solving crimes, private eyes, and things like that. And the tradition of Agatha Christie and Nia Marsh or Dashiell Hammett, Raymond Chandler, the American Mean Streets. But nowadays, I think it's kind of more widely accepted that crime fiction goes a lot broader than that. You have a lot more stories about ordinary people caught up in crimes, the impact of crime. It's, so detective fiction is still part of it, but it does go beyond that. So I think any kind of fictional tale that explores either the investigation or the impact of crime on, on people in a community, I think can be a crime novel. Can it also be based on a real crime? Because does it start to get merged between true crime and fiction? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's... Uh there's several crime novelists in recent years that have uh, done stories that have included true crime podcasts, fi fictional versions of them, but they've definitely been inspired by true crime podcasts. Uh, the Scottish author Denise Miner is one who's done that in a couple of recent books, including Confidence. Uh, a really cool British author called Matt Wesolowski has a series uh, called Six Stories where the novel itself is actually written kind of more like podcast episodes rather than a normal prose and things things like that as well. Um, and then there are crime novels that loosely, sometimes closely, sometimes more loosely, are inspired by true crimes. Uh, and you can kind of point to them exploring some of those issues that are very much uh, important in real life. Uh, Denise Miner, again, in uh, Scottish crime writing, actually wrote a novelisation about the, the kind of capture of Peter Manuel, the serial killer, New Zealand-based author Liam McIlvenny, who's down in Otago, wrote a book called The Quaker, um, which is pretty much a, a fictionalised version of the Bible John killings, where he grew up in Glasgow and Scotland as well. And there's other New Zealand and Australian authors who've explored um, real-life crimes. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it's clear, and sometimes you can just kind of tell they've been inspired by some because they want to explore similar issues. So. Isn't it interesting, because we'll, we'll come to the Australian crime in just a second, but I, I find the changes in crime novels to have been really interesting maybe over the last 10 or 12 years, maybe 20 years, I don't know the exact amount of time, but Stephen King has started to delve into being able to write about detectives. John Connolly writes detective novels that tend to have more of a, um, a bent towards horror as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, John's a fabulous writer, fabulous Irish crime writer. I highly recommend him to everyone. Uh, he, he merges a wee bit of supernatural mm. slash horror in. And, I mean, the, I think there's... Um, it's a good question, Trevor. I think there's, there's, there's strong links between crime and horror. The New Zealand crime writer Paul Cleave, who's brilliant and writes some great books, he actually started out wanting to be a, a horror writer. He was uh, inspired by Stephen King and Dean Koontz and other people like that. And then he kind of had a bit of an awakening when he was an unpublished novelist when he read one of the FBI profilers' books about when they were trying to catch serial killers. There's some true crime books about the FBI pro mm. the original. Um, so the guys that inspire the mind Hunter series that's been on Netflix and yep. that. So there's a couple of books from the the original guys who did that back in the kind of 70s and stuff. 
Paul read one of those, and what he said to me is he realised that serial killers were the real-life monsters, and often horror fiction, if it's using supernatural figures, whether it's ghosts, vampires, werewolves, they're almost like a metaphor. Um, if you look back into like, the folklore and some of the grim fairy tales and that of the big bad wolf in the woods, the serial killers like the real-life big bad wolf in the woods. Kind of. So I think there's a lot of links between horror and crime, though crime is a, is a big church nowadays. You have uh, lighter stuff and things that's funny, things that can be romantic, things that can delve into social issues. But there's definitely a, a border with horror, a shared border, so to speak. So. Yeah, John Collin is my favourite writer, and I wait, for his books. I wait for his books mm. every year. And <laughs> mm. I sit down almost, almost to the date. Yeah, the Charlie Parker series yeah. is fantastic. So uh, anyway, we'll move away from we'll move away from there and take yeah. a look at Australian and New Zealand crime crime novels. Is there something apart from the settings that is not specific about the writing, but gives it its own flavour? <sighs> Yeah, I've thought about this a lot um, in recent years. Is I, I'm based in the UK now, but I'm originally from New Zealand. I've also lived in Australia and, and been a judge of the Australian Crime Writing Awards. And I've I've kind of unintentionally become an advocate for Australian and New Zealand crime writing over here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, so I have kind of thought about this a, a bit the last few years. And it's one of those things where there's always more differences within a population than between that population and something else. So you don't want to generalise too much. But I do think Australian and New Zealand crime writing uh, in, in broad strokes does share some things. We're both frontier cultures, so effectively we were the far edge of the British Empire, and so um, the furthest southern frontier, so to speak. So in a way, I think uh, some of our attitudes and things are more akin to the American Southwest um, not the South, but the American Southwest, kind of more than like British, even if we, even if many people in Australia and New Zealand kind of think of Britain as the kind of genetic homeland and things like that. Um, so there's that, there's that sense of frontier, that sense of life on the edge. You get a little bit of it almost in a flip side with Nordic crime writing with Scandinavia and stuff. They're on the northern edge, we're on the southern edge, you know, kind of of the world, so yeah. to speak. So there's a bit of that. It's, it's a little bit different. Our scenery is much more rugged and much more wild, even though there's a diverse array from the snow-capped mountains of New Zealand to kind of wetland rainforests to the dusty outback of Australia um, to the, the scorching beaches to Tasmania. There's a huge range of scenery across our two countries but all of it is pretty wild and rugged and i was saying to a british author at a festival on the weekend when they asked me about australian and new zealand crime i'm like our scenery can kill you in a way that <laughs> like you know um but like if you think of like rural mysteries in england yeah you think of you think of agatha christie you think of english villages and fields where it's and it's not just the heat of the drought it's the rivers and the surging rivers in new zealand it's getting lost in you know kakadu national park yeah. it's it's you know it's the it's getting swept away by the surf in tasmania or on or on new south wales beaches or in western australia on ningaloo reef it's um you know getting lost in some of the back blocks hiking in new zealand where you're only a couple of hours away from city but you're literally kind of like no one no one around for you know miles and miles kind of thing so i think there's a sense of threat in our scenery um that is not there in rural crime writing in, in all other countries um there's a little bit in some other places but definitely different to british crime writing and isn't that, that isn't that terrific because it's not only the threat of the the person that's committing the crime or the person mm. that the crime is being committed against but 
but it's also the backdrop of which that crime is being committed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think setting is a really important thing in crime fiction. People often think of crime as very plot-based because the plot is important. You have to have a good plot. It keeps the readers turning the pages. You want to find out who done it or you want to find out if the person's going to get away or the bad person's going to win or, you know, there's there's all that. But setting's really important, but it's not just the physical setting. It's kind of its impact on the people who live there, its impact on the people who populate it. So it's kind of setting in character together, I think, Trevor. And, and that's where it's not just the setting itself, but it goes into Australian and New Zealand attitudes. And when you kind of go to the UK, as I'm based here now, you do realise that, you know, coming from New Zealand and Australia, although we share a lot with uh, English people or Scottish or Irish, we have different, like, kind of miniature cultural differences that you wouldn't necessarily think of, whether it's sense of humour, it's attitude to life, it's how adventurous you are, it's how all those kind of how sporty you are. Like, we grew up with so much sport in Australia and New Zealand that you take it for granted that everywhere else is like that. And then I've worked at sports camps in the United States and I've, um, you know, got lots of sporty UK friends, but... Our upbringing in Australia and New Zealand was very different to theirs, kind of thing. So. Um, Kieran joins us. Hello, Kieran. Oh, good day, Trev. Yeah, I just good wanted day, to mention. I, I have to. It's the, the Mills of the Mills and Boone of Australian crime writing. Uh, Robert G. Barrett. You know, like he's a very underrated writer. I think he's to me, it's a light read sort of thing. But it's he's got the te- uh, the um, Les Norton uh, theme all the way through, and it's based in Bondi. He's a, he's a sort of He's a bouncer, he needs, you know, there's always crime all the way through it. He's having to kill people and do this, that, the other. So it is based on crime, hmm. but it's sort of like a light read. But and he's a very, you know, he passed away about three years ago, I think, God bless his soul. Hmm. But he, um, his descriptive writing is he'll describe a, a schnitzel when he's eating in a pub at Arabella. And you go, I've been there. Yeah. Does that make any sense? No, it isn't. Is that part of the joy, Craig? Yeah, I think so, um, recognising the places. And, and it's great to get a mention of, of the Les Norton, such a, fa- a fantastic Australian crime fiction character. And I believe, actually, while I've been in the UK, that you've actually had a television series come out, um, which has hopefully drawn more readers to the books that were out, out kind of longer ago, so to speak, and things like that. So hopefully it'll draw new, new readers to quite a... Um, quite a kind of really cool Australian crime fiction character that would be very different to characters in other countries. Is that one of the things? It's not only identifying the places, like it could be Manly or it could be um, whether it be, as you mentioned, Ningaloo Reef, but it's also the different types of people. That I'm not aware of those books. You've got a bouncer's story, perhaps instead of a private investigator or mm. a. Oh, there's one series that's written about a bas- an ex-basketball player in America, but it's the different types of people that we can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the beauties of crime fiction is it can take readers anywhere. Um, If you're a detective, particularly, but also even amateur sleuths and journalists and other things, you know, you can you can be if you're investigating a crime, you could end up talking to a billionaire and you could end up talking to a homeless person, you know, in in the course of the investigation. So uh, crime fiction allows readers to be immersed in a wide range of kind of societal stratas, a wide range of settings, a wide range of communities. You kind of have have a legitimate excuse to take the reader anywhere, which might feel forced in some other types of books, but in crime, because, you know, murder is such a huge thing that kind of does open doors for the investigation 
investigator because it's so important to solve it, that it can, it allows us as readers to kind of experience those cultures and societies and communities and places, which is one of the things I love about it. Growing up in the South Island of New Zealand, I mean, I was reading books set from all over the world and, and getting to experience a little bit of some of these places and some of the people there long before I got to travel to them as an adult. So. Um, Steve, hello. You wouldn't be dead for quids is one of the best. Aussie novels, uh, that's the Les Norton novels. Okay. Australian crime writers are very different to the American genre in that they write the characters more down-to-earth and real. You know, they, they're not brilliant minds that that parry in a chess game with some, some serial killer who really wants to down, get caught by leaving clues everywhere. That always drove me mad that why would a, a a killer want to leave clues for the FBI? But in Australian crime, it doesn't go that way. They write it realistic with real characters who don't want to get caught and do everything they can to get away and don't play stupid mind games. It's just more down to life. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, and yeah, You Wouldn't Be Dead for Quits is the first Les Norton book by Robert G. Barrett, and there's mm-hmm. a whole lot to enjoy after that. And um, I, I mean, I'll just push back slightly that I I agree in the sense that there were there was a lot of crime fiction, and I think, you know, inspired by Sherlock Holmes and then Hercule Poirot from Agatha Christie of the like, the genius investigator, the eccentric genius investigator, and they, then they would be up against like a genius killer. And you do still see plenty of those books. But just in defense of, uh, of like American crime writing there, is there's a wide range of American crime writing um, to find, and there's a lot of really great stuff. I'd highly recommend an author called S.A. Cosby. Uh, his name's Sean, but S.A. Cosby. He's a uh, black American author in Virginia, and he writes stories about like a, a car mechanic who gets caught up in crime who used to be a getaway driver and you know gets caught up in a diamond heist and he's all so it's very rural and very working class and very down to earth so um there's plenty of great american and other crime fiction that's not all genius investigators and genius serial killers but i absolutely agree with your caller's point that it is really nice and we do get a lot of those kind of more down to earth characters and aussie and kiwi crime running but there there is stuff out there from other countries too so Uh Taxi saying Stephen Johnson, an Aussie now based in New Zealand, writes of a crime in Stieglers and Greyhounds. Yeah, yeah, Stephen's actually um, going to be involved in, uh, so the anthology that's just come out, Dark Deeds Down Under, which has got 20 Australian and New Zealand crime writers in, um, Stephen's actually going to be involved in a later volume of the anthology. He's writing a story for us, so that's really great. He used to be uh, he used to be a television broadcaster, I believe, in Australia before he, before he moved to New Zealand. So. so what did you want to do with the anthology? Well, basically, it was kind of a natural progression for Lindy and I. Lindy is Lindy Cameron, who was a long-time national co-convener of Sisters in Crime Australia. Mm. She was a crime writer herself, uh, kind of really helped a lot of female crime writers in Australia come through in the last 25, 30 years through that organisation. She's also a publisher and does a lot of other things. And I'd kind of done a lot from New Zealand and a bit with Australia and Scotland and else. And we both really love Aussie and Kiwi crime writing. We think it's excellent and we want to showcase it to our readers at home and internationally. And we... um, 
There hadn't really been an anthology of this kind that was both countries joining forces and wasn't like a charity anthology with a very specific theme. This is just Australian and New Zealand crime novelists writing great news short stories set in Australia and New Zealand. So we've got people like Gary Disher, uh, kind of the quiet king of Australian crime writings, written a brand new um, short story for us starring Hirsch, who's been in his most um, kind of three of his four most recent crime novels that have been published. And you know, the great Kerry Greenwood, who some of your listeners may mm. know from the Franny Fisher books and, and also TV series, and I think maybe a movie as well, or a telly movie. And she has another series about a, a, a baker turned amateur sleuth called Karina Chapman, and she's written us a brand new Karina Chapman story. And, and we've got a whole swathe of other stories of um, kind of fresh voices, legendary voices. Uh, like Gary and and Kerry, we've also got the first story from Shane Maloney in more than a decade. So that's uh, that's a nice little Easter egg for people in the first volume as well. So um, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, really, really, our goal was just to shine a greater light on the awesome writers we have in Australia and New Zealand, both for local readers, but also for readers overseas. So, so are we well recognised overseas, or will we be starting to become better recognised overseas? Definitely, definitely. I've been in the UK for a few years. I had to move over here for family reasons a few years ago. And um, even just during the period I've been here, it's noticeably kind of improved significantly. I mean, the the obvious thing to point to is Jane Harper's The Dry, which um, opened a lot of eyes and opened a lot of doors for people. And that quite often happens. You can point to kind of the surge in, in Scottish crime writing that follows kind of the success of Val McDermott and Ian Rankin or the surge in Scandinavian crime writing that followed Henning Mankell and Stig Larsson. So there's often someone who kind of establishes a beachhead or opens the door and gets people looking. And Michael Robotham had been doing amazing things for many years, a great Sydney crime writer, though a lot of his books were set in the UK and he hadn't really written a story set in Australia. And I think there was still some resistance in the Northern Hemisphere to the idea that Australian and New Zealand set stories could sell very well. And then Jane kind of proved that... uh, complete bullshit. That's one of a better phrase. Sorry, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on your show. Hey, it's late enough. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And um, I've, I've got to tone myself down sometimes at British festivals. <laughs> when, I, when, I'm at, when I'm with Aussies and Kiwis on the, on the stage, we tend to get a bit sweary sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I was actually, I just had a really great session at a Scottish crime writing festival yesterday on Sunday in Scotland with uh, Helen Fitzgerald, who's a fantastic Australian crime writer who lives in Glasgow, and Michael Bennett, who's a Maori filmmaker from New Zealand who's got his first crime novel just coming out this month called Better the Blood and um, also a terrific American crime writer Alexander Sokoloff who's also been a Hollywood screenwriter so we were talking about novels and screenwriting for crime and um, but yeah as soon as you get two or three Kiwis on stage you tend to get a bit uh, Kiwis and Aussies you tend to get a bit sweary oh, and a Scott as well yeah exactly so yeah but um, yeah I think Jane Harper definitely opened some doors and that we all always had great writers, but they were often kind of geographically siloed in Australia and New Zealand. They'd be with a big publisher, but they wouldn't be automatically published in the US or the UK and stuff. And, you know, people like Paul Cleave sold a million books in Germany and France, but wasn't really published in the UK and weird things like that. Michael Robotham was fantastic, but even he's getting much more recognition in recent years. And since Jane kind of... Um, 
opened those eyes. We're seeing so many more Australian and New Zealand set stories from our writers being published in the US and the UK, being shortlisted for awards. In the last few years alone, while I've been here, um, the Gold Dagger is considered by the British crime writing community as its kind of supreme award, kind of the Oscar of crime writing. And that's been won three times by Australians, twice by Michael Robotham and once by Jane Harper, just in the last few years. Emma Viskic, another amazing Melbourne writer, has been shortlisted for it. Uh, Chris Hammer, Australian crime writer, won the CWA John Creasy Dagger for Best First Novel uh, just three or four years ago. Vanda Simon was shortlisted in the same year in the same category, so he had nods and a Kiwi in the five or six finalists kind of thing. Um, we've seen lots of other authors, Benjamin Stevenson, Shelley um, Burrs-Wake recently, Gabriel Bergmoser, as I say, Paul Cleave and the likes of him, Michael Bennett with his first book coming out. So it does seem that the tap has been turned on a lot more. We always had good writers, but it, it's kind of really we're hitting... Some people are saying a golden period or something, but you don't want to necessarily throw that term around. But it's definitely we've we've caught the attention in a really good way of the wider crime writing world. Hey, Craig, because you mentioned quite a few women in there as Australian crime mm-hmm. writers. Do we hold our own as far as the number of women that are writing crime in the genre? Absolutely. Um, and in fact, in, the, in our anthology, uh, over half of the authors are women. And in a book that I published earlier in the pandemic called Southern Cross Crime, which is kind of a reader's guide to Australian and New Zealand crime writing, came out in the first year of the pandemic when all the bookshops were shut, which was not a great time to release the first book. <laughs> but um, it's a non-fiction book as part of a British series looking at crime writing from around the world uh and over half of the half of the over half of the 250 authors i discussed were women as well so so definitely we're doing really well and i've got to give a shout out to sisters in crime australia and lindy and um and carmel shoot and others who've been involved in that organization um since 1991 they actually set that up before there was an australian crime writers association which was set up a few years later and when they started it was basically a whole lot of women who were really interested in crime writing and there was really only a handful um literally a handful three four or five uh working australian female crime writers then and there's hundreds now so and that's because of they have short story competitions they have events they do encouraging and mentoring and others and they've really so what we're seeing now is um there's a lot of things that have gone into it, but a big part of that has been Sisters in Crime Australia. They've done amazing things. So. I got a good um, a text here. This is obviously someone who lives from down the coast. Ed. Um, Geelong born Helen Garner has written two real court um, sagas, Joe Shinkway and House of Grief, and also, as you mentioned, Jane Harper, a Geelong writer. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, Melbourne's a hotbed of crime writing. Um, I could easily have filled the anthology just with Melbourne authors three or four times over. There's some amazing authors there. Hey. I think Melbourne would consider itself the capital of Australian crime, though Sydney might have a thing or so to say about that. <laughs> so, hey, but... Craig, just before we go, did the people who write novels did they enjoy doing short story and doing a short story because they may have a story that may not have made a novel, but they think that it's still a really good like a cracker of a story that needs to be told 
Well, I hope they enjoyed it. Because <laughs> we kind of asked them <laughs> Otherwise, to do it. Otherwise, they're not going to do it again. I hope, yeah. Um, I hope they enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it is a different skill. And one of the reasons we're doing more than one volume was when we started, I kind of made myself a big wish list of amazing Aussie and Kiwi crime writers who I love, would love to have involved. And I thought the majority would say no because they'd be too busy with other projects and life and things. And some of them have never written short stories. And almost everyone said yes. So I got about a, a quarter of way the way down the list and I've already filled the first volume and I was like oh shit I better be, guess we're doing more than one then um, and uh, but there were a couple of authors who are amazing and have written terrific novels and they have just never written a short story in their life so they kind uh, they kind of very politely said they didn't want to <laughs> kind of uh, trouble no, no. us but uh, but but, gen- but generally um, yeah I think generally because you can be experimental in short stories um, I think in future volumes we have some people who may Maybe have two series characters, like two different series, and they can bring them together in a short story. Mm. They can take their series character to a different location that they might not take in a whole novel, but they can kind of take them on holiday and have something happen. You can... um you know, you can take a minor character, like a secondary or supporting character, from your main series and make them the hero of a short story when you wouldn't maybe do that in a novel. So so it does give you freedom to experiment, but it is an interesting form to try and write a really cool story in a much shorter space. So. Craig, it's been great talking to you about it today. Your book is called Dark Deeds Down Under, which is an anthology of Australian and New Zealand crime writing. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks so much for having me, man. I hope everything's well down under, and uh, yeah, best of the evening to your listeners. Craig Sisterson, editor of Dark Deeds Down Under. This is Overnights on ABC Radio.